0: Beyond Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Jeremy Autry. And
1: I'm Chuck Mead. And the past few episodes, we've been talking about making uh, decisions when it comes to phone usage for yourself and for your kids And Jeremy and I were talking, and so many times our conversations and preparing for the episodes were coming back to making decisions for your kids and how that changes from when your kids are so young, toddler age, to when they're adults. And so... Jeremy, when we begin that conversation, I'm going to start with this because I'm only in a very early stage of parenting, right? Wyatt's only three years old. Do you remember when your kids were three years old? What was that like? it
0: felt like last week. Really? It was perfect. Three-year-old ultra kids are amazing. I
1: wish I would have known your kids when they were three. (laughs) That would have been awesome. But here's the thing. I just have a three-year-old and Wyatt can't make many decisions for himself. If he did, it would be utter chaos. We make... All his decisions for him, what he wears, the fact that he wears clothes. Sometimes I think if he had it his (laughs) way, he wouldn't. Decisions on what to eat. If he had it his way, he would just eat waffle crisp cereal all day, every day, which, man, that sounds really good. But, yeah, but it wouldn't be good for him. When it comes to what he wanted to do, where he wanted to to spend time, we need to make those decisions for him because of his age.
0: Yeah, my oldest son, Dylan, is 20 years old. He's in his second year of college, and uh, he's an adult. Very few, very few decisions are made for him. He's still living under our roof sometimes when he's not at school. As an adult, he makes almost 100% of his own decisions. Uh, obviously, and we're very near this, the moment in, in our relationship where he'll begin to make all, 100%, all of his own decisions. The real rub is what happens between Wyatt and Dylan. When, when Is that change made? And um, what does that look like? And that's what we thought we'd spend a little time talking about today.
1: Yeah, so I guess we could call it parenting (laughs) in the middle. Parenting in the middle is that slow transition of teaching them how to make their own decisions. So there's really two extremes when it comes to this, Jeremy. What would you consider to be
0: one of them? So one of the extremes would be, hey, you're five, make all of your own decisions, you know, and just, um, we'll just turn this over now and we'll, as a family, follow your lead. If you don't like to eat this, you don't have to eat this. If these are clothes you want to wear, then you can wear those clothes. If you hate Brushing your teeth? Don't brush your teeth anymore. If you,
1: know? you decide you don't want to be a boy anymore and you want to be a girl, um, yeah. yeah, you make that decision yeah. because you're five years old and you know how to make every decision for
0: yourself. So we're, we're talking about that in kind of an extreme way, but there are, there are situations where the opportunity to make decisions is given to a child at a very inappropriately young age. It might not really be five, but you have mm-hmm. 12-year-olds deciding whether or not they're going to attend church. You have 13-year-olds deciding what time they're going to go to bed. You have some, some dangerous situations maybe that this is handed over to a child to make these huge decisions at a very young age, and that's dangerous
1: then the other extreme, and again, with good intentions, probably with the intention of I'm protecting my children. And as long as they're under my roof, I'm going to do everything I can to protect them and shield them. So good intentions, but that to the extreme is I'm going to make every single decision for you until you are out of my house completely. So I decide what you choose to I don't know where, what your personal hygiene choices, where we go, every decision, your decisions for how you want to spend your free time, your, every decision you make for spending your money, I'm making that decision for you. And it makes the transition to adulthood very, very difficult.
0: A pretty good analogy for this would be um, driving and the system that we have for in our society for a kid to go from not driving at all to being a completely free driver to do driving on their own. If we compare driving to making choices, decisions for yourself, a kid starts out not being able to drive at all, having absolutely no experience driving. But then we don't just say, okay, here are the keys. You can drive all day by yourself, uh, no sweat. There are these steps between where... They learn how to drive, they're instructed how to drive, and then they get practice driving, and then they have to drive with an adult um, between certain hours, and then they get a license that lets them drive by themselves but still just within certain Mm -hmm. hours. So there's all these baby steps that go from non-driver to completely unrestricted driver, and that's logical, and we see that logic. Uh, Decision-making, choosing, choosing. Um, in every realm of their life should be similar. It should follow a similar pattern to that.
1: Yeah, and I think we... We all, as parents, maybe veer towards one extreme or the other. And a lot of that might depend on how we were raised, whether we are adopting some of the things, the exact same things our parents did, or if we're like, I know I'm not going to do that. And we go to the other extreme. And I'll be honest, before I had kids, there would have been a lot of times I would have veered much more to the controlling. I would make decisions for my kids but the more I'm around teenagers and now even just having a young kid and realizing, hey, I only have 15 years, maybe at the most, or um, at the least, of him being in my house, where well, there's going to have to be a transition at some point. So, Jeremy, what would be some scriptures as we're talking about this parenting in the middle that we could start?
0: Well, remember Proverbs 22. Um, said, train up a child in the way she should go. When he's old, he won't depart from that. Um, training is much more than just let me give you some instruction and you run out there and do it. Uh, if we look at the concept of training from military or sports, it's the idea of I'm going to tell you how to do this. I'm going to watch you do it. I'm going to support you as you're doing it. Training is, is a process from going from not knowing how to do it at all to being able to do it completely on your own. Um, So as we're training a child in the way she go, and remember, as we consider parenting in the middle, we're really parenting with that end in mind. What is it going to look like when my kid is grown? How do I want them? How do I want to have what do I want to have instilled in them to live out as an adult? Of course, we don't have control over that once they're an adult. But what do we want to pour in them? And we want them to have that practice in decision making all along the path. So uh, Proverbs 22 is a great place to start.
1: That's good. And another one, Ephesians 6, 4, we brought this uh, verse up. In the past on, on an episode, but fathers don't provoke your children to wrath, but instead bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So it's very easy for us to frustrate and really provoke our kids to anger because of maybe the way we are trying to parent them. But instead of frustrating them, we must walk with them through that. So bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, it's more than just an intellectual classroom setting. It's hey, let me show you, let me walk you through. let me bring you into my life and and show you exactly what God what making decisions based on God's word looks like.
0: Yeah, so um, in the toddler ages or or whatever younger age, we are making the decision for the kid as they're older and able to to have the intelligent conversation and learn from us, we're explaining why this is the way, We're making this choice. Then as they get a little bit older, we release some of that control and we say, hey, in this area, it's your turn to make this choice. But the whole time I'm the safety net here Mm. so that when and it's going to happen when wrong decisions are made, um, that I can step in, correct, um, encourage And decide if there needs to be consequences because you've broken a rule or or you did something you know you weren't supposed to, or are there natural consequences that you're suffering because of that that I can talk through with you and help you see that this is this is because the wrong decision was made. I'm here alongside of you as you're making the decisions. And then eventually we get to adulthood Mm. and hey. You're making your own decisions, yeah. and I'm on the sidelines cheering you on mm-hmm. and coaching you uh, when when that's available to me, and uh, hopefully still there's a open communication so I can influence you. But I'm no longer there to correct you when the wrong decision's made.
1: That's good. And so, Jeremy, I'm you know thinking to like where and when. Would I begin to let Wyatt make his own decisions? Where would I begin to start? What what might be some first decisions that, as we're charting these waters, what that looks like?
0: Well, you know, it's going to be different in every area. You know, um, when do you let Wyatt make a decision of whether or not he's going to church with you on Sunday morning? <laughs> Never. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, when he's an adult, that's a decision he'll make on his own. Right. You don't. I don't think that's the kind of thing we ever. hand over. When do you make, let Wyatt make a decision of whether he's going to be enrolled in school and and get an education once he's an adult. That's not a decision he's ever going to have the chance to make. When does Wyatt get to pick out what clothes he's going to wear? That's going to come earlier in the process. When does Wyatt get to choose what show he's going to watch within this set uh, collection of shows that you've made available to him? That's going to come you know um, very soon. So uh, it's it is incremental and it has to be considered in every different aspect of a kid's life. There are certain things that don't have this great weight tied to it. If a wrong decision's made, it's not going to wreck their life. If they wear clothes that don't match, uh, it's not the end of the world. You know, there's no long lasting detriment because a wrong decision's made there. But there's other things that if a kid's allowed to make the wrong decision, there are long lasting dangerous effects.
1: So it looks like it's just carving out and evaluating, okay, what, almost like ranking, what is very crucial? What are some non-negotiables in my home that I'm sorry, as long as you're under my roof, you're not going to make this decision and backing up from there. It's interesting. Sometimes we'll hear, um, and I know parents with good intentions would say, hey, I don't want to force my kid to go to church because I don't want them to get bitter about that. I'm going to let them make that decision for them when they may not be in a spiritually mature enough place to make that decision, but yet we don't let them make that decision when it comes to going to school. So we let our children make those decisions, but when it comes to education, which is important but not nearly as important as spiritual development, we give them that power, but we set our non-negotiables. We're communicating to our kids, hey... Your education is more important than your spiritual development. And that's dangerous. But it's it's funny. I, w- I thought, Jeremy, as you were saying this, yeah, Wyatt doesn't make any decisions. But he does. Like, I'm looking at decisions now. He loves music. And so he has learned, Jeremy, to turn on our Alexa. <laughs> He's walked around. After our phone episode, I'm like, we would play music from our TV. And I'm like, man, you know what? I don't want, like, he would grab the remote and want to change it to his favorite music music. I'm like, you know what? I was convicted Jeremy about our screens. I'm like, I don't want my TV on as much, so I just went out and bought an Alexa because it's not a screen.
0: And then the government can listen to yeah, what that, why it's doing
1: this. Yeah, thing. that that's what happens. We would play our music and now he walks around and says, Alexa, play, and he gets to choose. And he usually chooses his catechisms because he has some catechisms. But he also will say a lot of i city, Jeremy. So yeah. he has those decisions and you know, we're not gonna micromanage what he chooses to play with. He's got a lot of different options. But then that transition happens. Okay, he wants to make these other decisions. What are we going to allow him to do?
0: Yeah. Um, We've talked a lot before, and this concept needs to always be in place. What's happening at my house looks different than what's happening at your house because I'm a different type of parent from you, and my kids are different from your kids. So what is working for us will not Necessarily work for you. And that's not good or bad, it's just true. Yes. So um, it's important to remember that every household is different. We have to, uh, we talked about that in the past, we have to agree to disagree. There should be variation. Everyone shouldn't be exactly the same, but we should all be on this journey with each of our children individually. Yeah. Um, What is he ready for? What is she not ready for? Where are they at? Spiritually, where are they at? Psychologically, where are they at? Physically, what needs to be addressed? What is the next step in their maturity? In all of these different areas,
1: Jeremy, would you say? Because obviously, you've been through this journey, and when you began to let let your kids making decisions, and it wasn't a detrimental, earth shattering decision, but you knew they were making a decision that you wouldn't agree with. Maybe when it came to spending money or something like that. And you let them experience the consequences for their actions.
0: Yeah. I probably waited way too long to do that with, in some situations, especially with my firstborn. And I just remember this story when you asked. I was micromanaging. Even as he was reaching upper elementary, there were, it, it was a fight for him to get to spend $5 of his own money. And I remember one time being at a restaurant and uh, he wanted to play the claw machine. It was $1, and literally he's like eight years old. And I'm like, it's a waste of money. Don't waste your money on a claw machine. (laughs) And he's a kid, and it was like his birthday money that he's walking around with. And I'm like, you don't put a dollar in there. He said, Dad, I think I can win it. I think I can win it. And so my thought was I'm going to let him waste his dollar, and then we're going to talk about, hey, this is stewardship. you got to be smarter with your money. And I put the dollar in, and there was a handheld football Video game uh-huh. And I'm thinking you, You're not going to get that For a dollar Put his dollar in He, Like he had been doing it His whole life Worked that claw over Pushed the button The claw drops down Grabs that football game Picks it up And drops it right down In the thing He got it? Yeah And so um, My opportunity to teach him About not wasting money on claw machines turned into (laughs) a lesson God was teaching me that, hey, you got to let your kid be a kid. You know what I mean? Every moment isn't about the stewardship of 100 pennies. Sometimes it's okay to let a kid waste a dollar just playing a claw machine, you know.
1: That is good.
0: So I guess that's another danger of, uh, which maybe that fits under the danger we talked about before. But I, I remember, especially with my firstborn son, having a really hard time. Turning over the opportunity to have control and make decisions when it was appropriate to do that
1: Well, that's hard and I really it comes from love. We don't want to see our kids fail We don't want to see our kids make mistakes. We don't want to see them make poor decisions And so that's so hard and it's a hard concept to learn that sometimes the best learning the best learning experiences are when we ourselves fail and make poor decisions, and um, and we learn from those. So as as we parent and as our kids get older, we we learn to give input, but not always exert control. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's hard to do. It is hard to do, but it's definitely. I mean, if God's the perfect Father and He is, uh, this is how He works with us. Yeah. There's very few situations where our Father forces us to make the best decision.
1: Unless you're a um, Calvinist. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, unless you're wrong. So um, he allows us to make decisions. He tells us, he gives us his word. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He instructs us. He says, this is the best decision to make. And then we are free to make our own decisions. And then sometimes there's these natural consequences that come in. Other times, there's just the fact that we experience the discipline of the father. We learn from having made the wrong decision. And so it's very dangerous to protect our kids from that. You know, that's, that's part of learning, giving, being given the opportunity to make the wrong decision, especially being given the opportunity to make the wrong decision in a controlled environment where there's a safety net in place.
1: Yeah, so it seems like we're starting off giving, letting them make decisions with low consequences and then moving as they get older to the point where then there are high consequences for your actions, but you're not giving that Your that transition has already been in place. So you started letting them make decisions when, okay, if you spent this dollar wrong, okay, yeah, you learned a lesson, but it, it didn't change your life forever. So what would you say then, Jeremy, as parents who are following Christ and we're wanting to glorify God in our home, what would be some non-negotiables in mm-hmm. our home, so we're not going to let our like we're going to let them make decisions. But as long as they're under our roof, there's got to be some non-negotiables, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. So the the things that would be, hey, there's high consequences here. Obviously, I would begin with um, spiritual things, attending church. High consequences um, to not doing that. Um, reading your Bible, having a personal devotion time. High consequences to not doing that. Um, then there's also things with the uh, opposite gender that are really dangerous. So I'm going to protect my kids by saying this is a high consequence situation. We need to be very careful with the time that you're alone with the opposite sex and and the opportunities you're given to make a bad decision with your time with the opposite sex. I'm yeah. to be careful with my terminology. But, you know, those are really high stake situations. Your education is a very high stake situation so there's not the opportunity to slack off on that and make decisions about whether or not you'll pass classes or complete and projects
1: so what would you say Jeremy then is and you've kind of built on the safety net but giving them autonomy to make decisions when it comes to that that you want to give them that autonomy but you also act as that safety net when do you when do you make that safety net known for that transition where do you walk uh-huh. with
0: Yeah. What? I don't know, man. That's a tough question. So uh, I think, well, it's important. Let's back up and make this point. It's important that all along this process, I'm having these conversations with Ah, my kid. You know what I mean? So as my kid is five years old, I don't just say, no, you can't wear that today. I explain, hey, here's the reason this is inappropriate for today. I'm coming in. I'm making this decision with you or for you, but we're discussing it. Here's the reason that you can't watch that show. Here's the reason that we go to church every Sunday morning. Here's the reason that when you're 12... You and your friend of the opposite sex can't be in your bedroom with the door shut, even yeah. though you're just doing whatever. You know, here, here's the yeah. reason that we're making that decision. So then now I'm giving you the opportunity to make it. But let's remember all these conversations that we've had so that you know, hey, I'm here. I'm watching you make these decisions and you know what kind of decisions are appropriate and inappropriate. And I'm going to be here alongside of you as you make, you know, those decisions.
1: That's good. That's good. And and we bring this up all the time with making decisions for your kids. But we also we have to know our kids. We have to know where they are as far when we're deciding, Okay, we're going to let you make these decisions, but not these decisions. It comes down to knowing uh, who your kid is and maybe what they struggle with, where they um, where they may struggle spiritually or socially and wouldn't that, Jeremy, help us to know where we need to draw those lines?
0: Exactly. And that part of that's gonna be those conversations, trying not to be lazy but to be intentional our in our parenting. We have to be checking in with our kids, seeing where they are. In all these different areas, keeping this open communication going, we probably need to do an episode about communication and the importance of it, mm. because as you keep this um, line of communication open, you also get some insight into, because of the, the healthy relationship hopefully we have with our kids, you get some insight into, hey, this is what's going on with me, mom and dad, this, mm. I made this decision and now I am find myself in this situation, Um, if you have these open lines of communication, you're the one, hopefully, that your kid is coming to. You might not even know that you need to be the safety net until you have that conversation with your kid. So um, communication plays into this so much, and that's how I know what's going on. Then also, as we're praying over our kids, we can expect the Holy Spirit to give us Guidance and wisdom, this is obviously way too big for us. Um, The proof of that for me personally is how many times I've messed up in these concepts that we're discussing today because I'm trying to do it in my own flesh, my own wisdom, instead of trusting in Him. So that personal relationship with my kid helps me know them. The Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit knows what's going on inside of them that I can't see, maybe they're not even aware of. And uh, so all of this needs to be done, not just from a place of logic and intellect, but from being controlled and, and led by the Spirit as a parent.
1: Yeah, and so I think we we build on being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And you mentioned communication with our kids, but really for spouses to communicate and be on the same page with what decisions they're going to allow their the, their kids to make sure. is yeah, yeah. so key. And so that is a lot of those conversations uh, between a husband and wife in sorting through, okay, okay, we're going to let them make this decision even though they may make a different decision than I would make versus – no, this is wrong, this is sinful, I'm not going to let you make
0: this decision. And you know, the importance of communicating between spouses is sometimes the person that your your kid is opening up to isn't you, it's your spouse. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, and this goes through, at least in my experience, this goes through phases, and there's times that they're closer to my wife than they are to me, that she has better insight into what's going on in their life than I do. So then there's great value in us coming together and having some synergy As we're figuring out, you know, these things, um, great value in communication between the husband and wife, not just the kid and parent.
1: This is great. And this is, again, such so many things we could cover when it when it comes to making decisions for your kids, but this is parenting in the middle. It is not, we're not going to get a manual on, okay, when your kid is this age and you like search the chapter and you say, this is the decisions you make. This is going to be something that we take one day at a time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be good to leave with some action steps, things to consider as a parent. First of all, we already said, be spirit led Keep your lines of communication open and have this concept in mind of beginning with you making all of the decisions, ending with them making all of the decisions, and what does the progress from one point to the other look like? Also, we're parenting with the end in mind. What, does, what is the non-negotiable that I want to be present in my child's life once they are an adult, and how do I work toward teaching them and modeling for them to make those decisions?
1: that's good stuff well thank you guys for listening to beyond a parent remember parenting is beyond us but in christ we have all that we need for this journey
0: thanks guys